1: Jets head coach Robert Sala says that Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. A, do you buy that? And B, let's say Zach Wilson's playing poorly. How long can the Jets put up with that before they would have to turn to a backup veteran?
0: I think they just know that they're playing Dallas this week with Zach Wilson. uh, Maybe the best defense in the NFL, certainly on the short list. And you have to pour all your confidence behind him. You know, he doesn't have much to begin with, so you can't be talking about trying to add guys before this weekend. But – Not to be mean, but you watch the game against Buffalo and yes, he came in in relief and maybe was running Aaron Rodgers offense, but his best pass of the night may have been to Matt Milano. He ran backwards, uh, you know, for 40 yards on two different plays that could have been sacks did get the ball out. He's just, he simply doesn't still really know how to play quarterback in the NFL. So I'm not buying it. I think it would be throwing away a season to not try to bring in a veteran that can just keep them on schedule.
2: Nine and a half right now. Yesterday at this time, it was uh, bouncing between seven and a half and eight and a half. Everyone's wondering, is it going to touch 10? Are you doing anything with uh, the
0: Jets-Cowboys game? So that's the thing, and it's, it's bittersweet last night. Their defense, I just talked about Dallas's defense. The Jets' defense is also top five, top three unit. Uh, they are phenomenal. They are deep along the defensive line. Carl Lawson didn't even play in that game, and they had 17 pressures and five sacks on Josh Allen. Yes, he invited some of that himself, but um, it's a lot of points because I think this is going to be a very, very low-scoring game. We didn't really see Dallas's offense play much in week one, but they didn't do a whole lot when they did have to try to push the ball downfield against a mediocre Josh Giants unit so you know as much as I don't like Zach Wilson that is if he gets to 10 the Jets might be a bet
3: Brad Mm -hmm. the 49ers looked dominant and the offense looked even better than it did last year I don't know if the Niners are good or the Steelers are bad from what we saw or maybe it's going to be a mixture of both but this week we've got Niners at Rams that spread at eight the Rams also looked better than what I was expecting what's your assessment of this matchup
0: They did. The Rams, much better. I I probably mentioned Seattle as one of my favorite bets of week one on here. That was obviously a total flop. Uh, You know, credit to Sean McVay. No Cooper Cup. You have a rookie sixth rounder, and Puka Nakua go for 10 receptions and 120 receiving yards. Um, But this defensive line is a massive step up in class. Seattle, I thought their defense was more of a disappointment than their offense, had 11 total pressures from their entire defensive line unit. Just not going to cut it. Uh, You know, zero from the interior. Obviously, there's the injuries. And, and the issues with the Rams are on that interior. I think Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa, obviously, you know, Eric Armstead, etc., are going to wreak havoc. The Niners, I think, are a phenomenal teaser leg with, you know, Philly or, or whoever else you like, Buffalo maybe. Uh, I think the Niners are going to look again like they did last week. I don't think Pittsburgh's bad. I think San Francisco's that good.
1: Speaking of Thursday night, we've got the the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Minnesota Vikings. And I get, you know, all the whole Kirk Cousins and primetime thing. You know, that's just fun to talk about. But it's also one of those deals where the Eagles did let the Patriots back into that game in week one. So I'm curious if maybe Philadelphia is already suffering just a little bit of regression. But maybe this is still a time to back the Eagles.
0: I think it is. Look, I don't know about betting a full touchdown, but like I mentioned, the teaser, or just maybe not betting Minnesota, the thing with Kirk Cousins, and we saw this in the matchup last year when the Eagles just absolutely dominated Minnesota, is he still struggles the most against interior pressure. The center for the Minnesota Vikings, Garrett Bradbury, I don't think is going to play in this game. And I think Jalen Carter and all the other guys they have are going to just wreak havoc up the middle. Kirk Cousins is going to have no time to throw as much as I like. You know, Justin Jefferson going up against the secondary that probably will not have James Bradbury. You know, I'm not sure it's going to matter. I think Philadelphia did look pretty, you know, lackadaisical and and could have lost that game against New England. But where they're strong is where Minnesota is their weakest.
2: Brad, let's talk about your team. The tape was worse than we thought. It is wow. Some wow stuff. Your, Your former colleague Mike Renner, Put out some ugly stuff on Chase Claypool. He looks like he doesn't want to be on this team. He's not even trying. It. I, it, it's hap- I saw Baldy ripping them to shreds. Like, he's going, every player on the offense, he's like, what are you doing? All you're doing is looking to get covered. What are you doing here? What is this play call? I don't even know. I mean, Baldy doesn't go there like that. He doesn't go that hard that quick. Everybody's doing it with the Bears. Uh, go ahead, man. Whatever, whatever you want to hit, whoever you want to crush on this, <laughs> what are your thoughts after that game?
0: Yeah, you're probably going to laugh out loud at the end of this answer, but I'll start off with this. You mentioned some guys that that aren't particularly mean. What about Kyle Brandt and Jarrett Payton also calling out Chase Claypool? Yes. When you have Walter Payton's kid who's like a figurehead of the franchise saying they should leave you, you know, in in Tampa Bay and not let you get on the plane, if you play like that again, that's pretty hard to accomplish. But, you know, also JTO Sullivan, the QB school, had a full-hour video. Like you said, what are they trying to accomplish on offense? What is this play call? What is the protection? What are they doing? I watched the film as well. The second and four play on the goal line is one of the worst play calls I've seen. I don't know. I've been watching film for three years now. I didn't know what the plan was on the drop back. All of that said, I kind of like Chicago plus three this week against Tampa. I am not buying the Buccaneers. Yeah, I know. I told you you're going to laugh. Uh, they averaged 3.9 yeah. yards per play. They could have lost to Minnesota. You know, Baker was okay, but still had plenty of classic Baker dropbacks where he could have taken a sack or thrown a pick. Um, I just think it, you know, went from about one and a half now up to a full field goal. Look, Vita Vea is going to beat the Bears' interior offensive line by himself, but I think Chicago bounces back, finds a way, and I actually do somehow, some way, like them catching a full field goal in Tampa.
1: It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a
2: tackle. A run. It's only for the fans.
1: Your savings are waiting.
3: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Love it. What about the Packers? Jordan Love was impressive. Is he for real? 245 yards, three TDs. I get it. It was against the Bears. We already went over them. But this week, they are one and a half point favorites at the Falcons. Which side do you like here?
0: Yeah, I like Green Bay on the road laying a couple points. Uh, look, at the end of the day, we talk about quarterbacks and receivers and, and flashy, you know, fun players all the time. What Green Bay has understood forever is that you win games in the trenches, and that's why they beat Chicago. They allowed the fewest pressures in the NFL in week one to a Bears pass rush that doesn't exist, uh, and they also, though, had the, second most, uh, had the second most pressures behind only the Dallas Cowboys with 35 total per R charting. So, I think you go into Atlanta, yes, they have a good offensive line, but it's a run-blocking offensive line. You absolutely can get pressure on a lot of these players, even the highly paid good ones. And and Atlanta just doesn't want to play modern football. I mean, they don't want to throw the ball. They want to just pound the rock with Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson. Green Bay has been susceptible to the run, but Jordan Love was 8 of 10 for 144 yards and two touchdowns on third down. Had the fourth down uh, touchdown to Aaron Jones. Matt LaFleur, I thought, had called a phenomenal, phenomenal football game. I think Green Bay goes into Atlanta and goes 2-0. He's Brad Spielberger of Pro Football
1: Focus, joining us each and every Wednesday here on BetQL Daily. So, Brad, I want to talk about the Chiefs here in that Travis Kelsey's coming back. Chris Jones is coming back. Looks like it's going to be for this game. Chiefs are three-point favorites on the road in Jacksonville. And whenever we do this quantitatively, we don't give more than, say, a point for Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones combined in, in key situations. And so I wonder if with those additions, maybe we shouldn't be overlooking some of the deficiencies that we saw in the Chiefs in week one, especially at the wide receiver position.
0: Yeah, it's, it's scary because I do like a lot of small road underdogs this week, which is never a great position to find yourself in. And I agree with you, right? The, the spread probably has now moved to full point. I think it opened at one and a half or two, depending on the book you were looking. And, you know, you can assume the return of those two guys. it's why it's now back to a full field goal. All of that said, I actually do think I like Kansas City here. There's, the receiver simply could not play worse. I mean, Kadarius Toney had our worst receiving grade since 2018 uh, in this game. They were dropping footballs all over the place. Sky Moore was bad. But I think they are going to find a way to figure this out. Jacksonville's defense, I think you know, Kansas City will not allow that much pressure. And then they're going to pick apart this secondary. I like Tyson Campbell. I like Darius Williams. I think you can pick on Trey Herndon in the slot. You can pick on their young off-ball linebackers. I think Travis Kelsey, if he does go, is going to have a big game. And their defense – look, Kansas City's defense gave up two offensive touchdowns to a high-powered Detroit Lions offense. You now add in, you know, one of the best defensive players in the entire NFL, who I'm sure is in game shape. It is a scary spot, but I actually do think I like backing Kansas City here.
2: Yeah, it's one of those positions where everybody's on them. I don't care. I don't care. And then if we get that Kelsey news, then the number's going to go to four, four and a half. It's going to keep on going. So I agree with you there. What what do you think about Miami, New England? The Miami side, all of a sudden, they've become the most public team in the world. Everybody's uh, backing them, MVP, offensive player of the year. They're going to win the AFCs, the whole thing. uh, They're laying two and a half at New England, a very respectable effort against the Eagles. They almost pulled off the victory. What are you thinking here?
0: Mac Jones, to his credit looked really good, and maybe it's Bill O'Brien, maybe it's just more comfort and confidence in this offense. Uh, in the first half alone, was five of seven for 115 yards and two touchdowns on throws ten plus yards downfield. Had four big time throws for us throughout the game, which was the most he would have had in any game last season. He really did look like a different quarterback against obviously a good defense in Philadelphia. But sticking with my trend that might you know backfire, I also like another small road dog here in Miami. I just. <laughs> (laughs) We saw the Chargers play a lot of man coverage. We know New England likes to play man coverage, and you can't play man coverage against Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. The big thing for me, though, is Mike McDaniel now is at a point where you have no Teron Armstead in week one for Miami. You're starting Kendall Lamb and Austin Jackson at tackle against Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, and he just schemed around it. It just simply did not matter. Now, it's not going to happen every single week. The Patriots do have a good defensive front but I I just think there's no way that the Patriots can keep up scoring with this Miami offense. Tua had five completions over 20-plus yards downfield. He was throwing balls before receivers were even getting out of their breaks. He looked phenomenal, stepped up in the pocket, made smart decisions. Yeah, scary small divisional uh, road favorite, but I, I also like them too.
3: Did you like anything that you saw from the Raiders? Another big spread, this one at nine and a half. I think a lot of people are expecting Josh Allen and the Bills to bounce back. What's your take on this matchup?
0: Yeah, biggest positive for me was their offensive line. We've talked about the Raiders' offensive line for years as a weak spot of this team, and and as of right now, they simply are not that. You know, I think you see Dylan Parham, their recent third-round pick, is now a good guard, uh, made some nice plays in that game. Colton Miller, quietly one of the better left tackles in the NFL at this point. You know, Jermaine Illuminor, their their right tackle, a a small signing free agent. They returned from last year, played well again. So, you know, look, they're going to play, you know, possession football. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if I have a bet on either side here, but but I, I was encouraged by the Raiders' performance. I don't think it was a fluke or anything like that. They kept the Broncos' offense in front of them. And then on, on their offense, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, that third down rush to basically win the game was really impressive. You know, no Jacoby Myers scares me. I doubt he plays after that gnarly concussion, and he was their best receiver in week one. Hunter Raffer with 13 snaps in this game. So I don't have a bet here, but but I was, you know, I was super down on the Raiders, thought they were a top-five pick-type team. I don't think they're they're that bad this year. Just 10 seconds left here, Brad. The one team that surprised you the most positively or negatively after one week? Los Angeles Rams by a mile. Uh, And credit to Sean McVay. Matthew Stafford uh, was 10 of 18 on throws, 10-plus yards downfield. No Cooper Cup. They were awesome. They held up well in protection. And Aaron Donald was kind of a one-man pass rush unit, uh, which I guess works sometimes. So, you know, they're not going to be a contender. They're not going to make the playoffs. but, But they are not as bad as I thought either.
1: Good stuff. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus, thank you so much for your time. We will see you next Wednesday. Really appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, a week two edition of Trend or Truth. That's right here on the BetQL Network.
0: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM.